So good morning, everyone. Nice to be with you again. So today is the Janmashtami festival, and we begin this morning with uh, the auspicious um, occasion and attendant ritual of uh, initiation, and this will be the second and the third initiation this morning. No first initiations have come forward uh, for this particular event. So, um, most of you have attended the uh, first initiations and the second initiation, the mantra diksha, but the third initiation is more rare. So, it will be start our talk, the discussion will be centered on that, the sannyas initiation of my godbrother, Babru Das. Hmm? And so there'll be some discussion about the the um, uh, import of the sannyas, its uh, history, the tradition of this, and so forth. <clears throat> and then um, the awarding of the sannyas, and then in the mix of that, we award the mantra diksha also to Nam Dharma, a student from and teacher yoga teacher from Portland, and following that then there will be a homa, a yagya, fire sacrifice outside. Everyone can move out there after the mantras have been given and names and so forth. So, with that, some history about the institution of sannyas. It's a an age-old retirement uh, plan, <laughs> an ancient 401k system, um, built into the fabric of the society, um, and it, uh, in this regard, it constitutes the fourth order of life that, um, in all of such all. Orders are referred to as ashrams, giving them uh, a spiritual uh, context. Ashram means to really a, a refuge, to take refuge, hmm? um, kind of the hermitage of the heart, if you will. And so there are different ashrams. The student ashram, the brahmachari ashram, the, the, the married householder ashram, the retired ashram, vanaprastha, the brahmachari, grihastha, vanaprastha, and sannyas, the renounced uh, ashram. It's kind of the end of the ashram uh, system, if you will, the upper end of that. <clears throat> and um, it's considered to be a, a significant move inward, all of these stations of life, these uh, are all for inward movement, how to be a student in such a way that we move inward, how to be a householder in such a way that we don't get completely distracted, and, uh, (laughs) forgive me, and uh, (laughs) how to be a, uh, how to, you know, your retired life can uh, move significantly in the direction of in inner life, and then the sannyas is uh, is supposed to be the 
the last stage of this, so it's very esoteric. At the same time, it's very exoteric um, within uh, Gaudiya Vaishnavism. So we have to talk about that. But um, as a retirement system, if you will, as I said, built into the fabric of the uh, Hindu society, there was a place for such, for, um, for spiritual pursuit. Hmm? India is, of course, the kind of the religious mother of the world and heart, heartbeat of the world in, in many respects. Um, probably more religions there than, than anywhere else. And uh, uh, Hinduism is, is, tends to be rather inclusive. Um, so at any rate, there was a, a system built into the Hindu society for uh, spiritual pursuit. And the idea of that, of course, with, with my speaking about inward movement, is that there's a difference between as we often explain, consciousness and, and matter and the differences is, is, matters. It's it's significant. Um, it's the difference between what you are and what you what you think you are, hmm? and and that thinking is the problem in the core, then and, and really the uh, the source of all the the, the suffering and anxieties that we uh, experience in life. So, to master the mind, if you will, and uh, and turn within and find the self there, and the wealth there <clears throat> is the idea. And so a society set up to foster that, to facilitate that through different stages of life. And um, with regard to the last stage of life, and it's typically being entered into uh, in an older age, at 50, 60 years old, and so forth, after family has been raised, and, and so on, um, uh, the uh, renunciate would enter into the to the ashram life uh, of of the sannyas that um, that constituted living in hermitage and being a veritable hermitage oneself ultimately wherever one should uh, should travel and traveling was um, much part of the sannyas ashram that uh, one might not get attached to any particular place and set up and uh, and maintain a sense of dependence upon uh, uh, God for one's sustenance in all instances. Um, but the society, at any rate, had a, had a system. They all kind of paid into the 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 the, the payment the, the the retirement plan, if you will, of 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 the re, of the renunciates. Hmm? And so the renunciates, while in, in some respects the elders, the spiritual elders of a spiritual uh, society and community, in terms of their wisdom and, and, and counsel and so on and so forth, were materially speaking, hmm, at the same time, that they, they were returning to, 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 to their childhood, so to speak, and a dependence, or an apparent at least dependence, upon others for their sustenance. It's like children don't look out for what to eat in their, in their uh, early stages. We have to let them know it's time to eat and, uh, and so on. So with the sannyasis, we have to let them know you should eat something now, Swamiji, you should take some rest now, you should <laughs> maybe, uh, uh, and so forth. So, so 
again, it's kind of a returning to uh, childhood and so forth. But it's 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 like sometimes you think when you get a little older, you think if I only could be young again and have the wisdom that I have now and do it all over again, something like that. <laughs> um, so it it is something like that. It is returning to youthfulness um, in 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 a sense, and and taking uh, with 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 that with oneself into that uh, the wisdom of experience, experience of the world and experience of the world within. Mm. So. The sannyasis would either stay in an ashram or be a veritable ashram, if you will, and uh, wherever they would go would be like a place of pilgrimage. Others would come and gather and facilitate them in terms of whatever material needs uh, might be there, much of which was that which were perceived by the audience as to the needs. Um, and then the, the sannyasin would minister to the... To the um, those gathered and so forth, um, um, as to uh, the uh, spiritual import of life and so forth. So it's a very nice system. Everybody paid into it. Uh, you know, it's like a, they would support. There was a place for supporting ashrams and for the wandering mendicants. Um, there's always a, a room for them, a meal for them, uh, um, and so forth. Uh, people were so. Uh, uh, trained to be disposed, and this was an investment in their own future, in, in both in terms of the here and now, and hearing from such persons, gaining their their sangha, their association, and uh, their own future uh, as, as as such, so to speak. Um, and uh, typically, the sannyas in in the culture was was taken by men, but there was a place for women also, and there are some very f- famous women um, renunciates. So for everybody. <clears throat> and uh, the order itself, if you will, uh, was uh, in, I guess, a traceable history, I suppose, uh, uh, has been brought back to a couple of great uh, charges, great teachers in different lineages of Vedanta uh, that established uh, a, well, monastic sannyas order and attendant rituals drawn from the sacred texts as to how, uh, what, what would be involved in entering into the, into the sannyas ashram. Shankar is famous for this. He set up four moths or monasteries in India that are still... Um, very functional today, and uh, a dasami, dasanami um, uh, order of sannyas, in which there were ten names, hmm? ten names that uh, were uh, used in in uh, giving the sannyas, so that one would become a, a tirtha, a puri, a sagar, an ashram, an aranya, a giri, and so where they were, hmm? Siddhanta, Saraswati, hmm? Bharati, there were ten of them. And um, this Shankar's this, uh, lineage became very prominent in India, his Advaita Vedanta, and... Uh, 
And uh, in many respects, he was thought to have been kind of like an originator of the sannyas um, uh, formal system and, uh, and so on. But uh, at closer inspection, we find that there were others as well in, involved in this, and indeed from the Vaishnav side, because the uh, Shankar is a monist and not a Vaishnav, not a theist. Um, from the theistic side of Vedanta, <coughs> There was the um, there is mention of the uh, Tridandi Sanyas. You, you see, I'm holding the danda. This danda means the rod or the staff here, and um, this is a Tridanda. And then there is a system of Ekadanda, which was created by Shankar, where there is one danda. His school of thought of Vedanta is Advaita, non-dual. So. The one danda was thought to represent the fact that there's only one. There's no other. Hmm? And um, individuality in itself is an illusion. Uh, this is his, his idea. Interestingly enough, as much as he has gained so much uh, prominence um, over the centuries as the uh, you know, founder of the, of, of the sannyas order, so to speak, um, there is no reference anywhere in the sacred text to the Ekadanda, the one Danda. But there is a reference to the Tridanda, found in, even in the Manusamriti and other places. And the sannyasis of the of theistic Vedanta, of which there are, th- there are three or four prominent schools, hmm, three and a half, I guess you could say. Ours is one and a half. And then there's... And then there's two others. Uh, or there's actually how many others are there? There's, I should say, there's four others, right? Four, four and a half others, right? There's, or there, yeah, four and a half. Hmm. Anyway, there's a few more <laughs> of them than there are of the monists uh, and 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 Shankar's lineage, and um, the. Rudra Sampradaya, there's a reference there in their uh, school of the Tridandi Sannyas in 108 names of Sannyas. Hmm? And those 10 that Shankar chose actually came from this section, and uh, so those are only 10 of 108. They became the prominent names because he picked the 10 and people didn't know about the other, hundred and, other, other 90, uh, 98 and so forth. So uh, meanwhile, the Vaishnav sannyas, or the Vaishnav order of uh, Vedanta, of, the, of Ramanuja, Sri Sampradaya, the Lakshmi Sampradaya, the Madhva Sampradaya from Brahma and so forth, they have had uh, the sannyas institution as part of their, um, their sect for some time. They adopt the Tridandi sannyas. The Tridandi sannyas is also mentioned in Srimad Bhagavatam. Hmm? And um, tree dunda means, of course, three dundas. And dunda means rod uh, or staff. And it, it also implies a, a, a rod of, the rod of chastisement. Like they say, you know, uh, spare the rod, uh, spoil the child, at least to say anyway. Um, <clears throat> so <clears throat> the, the, the staff consists of three rods that... Um, symbolize the uh, the body, the mind, and the words. Now you see here, 
I said three, but there's four. Hmm? So the in the Rudra Sampradaya, then the fourth danda was added. Hmm? This um, is uh, uh, another version of Sampradaya uh, by perhaps. Well, no, Sridhar Swami made me. Anyway, an ancient achari in that lineage. And the fourth danda represents the jiva. The jiva means the self, the atma, hmm? the individual atma. So it stresses that there is an individual atma, not that the individual atma is an illusion that uh, upon uh, overcoming, the, uh, there is no individual selves, there's one self and so forth. That obviously is not a very... Um, a doctrine that really facilitates loving in the full sense of the term in which um, <clears throat> there requires uh, it's required that there be a significant other if you will that you become one with in a dynamic sense uh, but not at the cost of your own uh, of, the, of the two individual individuals if you and I become one and we become well we hmm? that's a dynamic uh, unity hmm? So he um, added the Jiva Danda, and the Jiva Danda, if you see here, it goes up only so far. See the top? And there's one Danda, one staff that stops at the, just above that, well, right here. Right? That's the Jiva Danda, and then this is part of the Jiva Danda also. He's bowing down, this is the idea, hmm? making, offering pranam, respect. So. It's not about it's not a, a lineage, a Vedanta lineage about becoming God, but be understanding your godliness, the likeness that we have with God, realizing that, and entering into a relationship hmm, um, with uh, our, our consciousness source, so to speak. Just like if you wanted to live in a fire, well, you have to become fire-like. If you wanted to live in the sun, you have to uh, develop. Uh, uh, suitable uh, form <laughs> of light, if you will. So, to enter into a relationship with our source, given that the source is um, consciousness, Satchit Ananda Rupaya, as we were describing last night, we have to realize our uh, difference between ourselves and matter. So, the uh, and such then is some history of the sannyas and the Vaishnava sannyas um, in antiquity. And then when we come to the Gaudiya Sampradaya, we find, of course, that Sri Chaitanya himself uh, adopted the uh, sannyas order. Hmm. And that's a beautiful uh, story. I want to go back to that, but first let me go on to say that after in his 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 lineage, Chaitanya Mahaprabhu's lineage, Chaitanya Vaishnavism was established in the world. <clears throat> there was um, no uh, sannyas order. Chaitanya Mahaprabhu was accepting the sannyas and so forth. And his Leela, um, in general, kind of precedes the forming 
of the sampradaya, or it's in the process of, as part of the uh, the forming of. He's instructing Rupa and Sanatana Goswamis at uh, Banares and Dasashvamita Ghat, uh, respect, respectfully, respectively. And uh, they went on to write then about the various religious, uh, uh, the, the philosophy underlying the the, the tradition and. Uh, and uh, Sanatana Goswami, with Gopal Bhatta Goswami, wrote about the different uh, guidelines, how well, how the initiations will proceed, what the mantras will be, and uh, they are kind of the architects of the sect. Uh, the sannyas mantra is, is is given there and so forth. But from the time of uh, the forming of the Sampradaya up until uh, the 20th century, there was no formal uh, sannyas order. There was a, a renounced order. Um, the Goswamis himself, Rupa Sanatan. Goswami means uh, controller of the senses, and Goswami is one of the 108 sannyas names also. Rupa Goswami, Sanatan Goswami, Jiva Goswami. Um, but they, they didn't carry the danda. They didn't wear the typically the saffron cloth of the sannyasi. They wore white cloth and... Um, they tended towards a more reclusive life, um, although they were active in writing and so forth, and uh, establishing, as I say, the uh, the tenets and uh, the practices, uh, giving shape to the lineage and so forth. Uh, they they were announced, but it's, it was um, a. a, a, a they more exemplified kind of, oh, well, they were, I guess they would be called Babaji's, uh, for lack of a better term. Um, but there, anyway, there was no official, so to speak, sannyas order. This sannyas order tends to be... Um, um, well, uh, uh, it's prominent, I want to say, in the in the Gyan Marg. Well, in the Shankar lineage, as I mentioned, which is a Gyan Marg, you had to take sannyas in order to attain uh, liberation. Uh, this was the last stage, and so forth. This is not the case um, in one sense with the uh, with the with the Gaudiya Vaishnavas, uh, but in spirit, of course, we have to embrace the idea of foregoing that which is not favorable for our uh, bhakti and so on and so forth, and that will constitute some giving up, some renunciation. The word sannyas means that, sannyas. Sang means a collective, and nyas means to forego. Hmm? But in another sense, it means samyak uh, nyasi means one who uh, uh, takes care of everything for for someone else, so takes care of Bhagavan's things for him, something like that. So it may be involved with things, but not with a sense of possessiveness of the things. So the giving up of the sense of proprietorship over things that is false by way of acknowledging the actual proprietor and then being engaged in using all of those things in the service of the proprietor. This is, of course, the best way to overcome our false sense of ownership understanding that uh, to to whom everything belongs I've given the example before that if you you know if you find something valuable it's lost and then you find 
somebody looking for the lost thing, and you know that's the owner. And if you're an honest person, you go, well, you know, here it, it belongs to you. Hmm? So if you know the owner and you're a little bit honest, then you're the, the false sense of ownership that may come over you as a result of not knowing the owner and making a claim on something um, is uh, easily over uh, uh, overridden or uh, uh, it falls aside, the false sense of proprietorship. So <clears throat> in Vaishnavism, of course, we posit then Bhagwan is the owner of everything, the controller of everything, and so uh, giving up the false sense of proprietorship is rather easy. Um, uh, and, and and it turns into something positive. Then the negative, as it would appear, giving up turns into something positive by um, giving up only an abuse of a thing, hmm? and then using the thing as it's intended to be used, uh, which which is what actually turns the world uh, from from uh, from inanimate to animate in the full sense of the term, because the mind is not. Alive. That's why in Vedanta it said that there, there's no suffering. It's no suffering for the self because it never, it's only identified with the mind. It's no suffering for the mind because the mind is just matter. It has no experience. There's no suffering. That's a way of talking about it. It's just a, just a, a kind of an identification with something that. Uh, that otherwise it's, it's not uh, it's not existing. <clears throat> so, so anyway, so the sannyas is for uh, uh, whatever harnessing the mind and and um, what was my point there? Uh, I'm going to make a point. Too many points to make. Um, Where's Natai? He's not here. Yeah, he can follow me pretty closely. Uh, at any rate, so we uh, uh, um, go in one direction. The false sense of proprietorship is the cause of our our suffering. To find the proprietor is to end the suffering, and we do that by way of ah, this is the thing: excavating the connection of, that all things have with their source. The mind is a dead thing. Hmm? Um, it tends, tends to take the life out of things. When we look at a thing through the filter, if you will, of our mind and the small world of our mind that we live in, a, a world of happies and sads, goods and bads, I like this, I don't like that, which separate us from others, all of these differentiations, these dualities, are a product of our minds. So we live in this little mental world of our likes and dislikes, happy, sads, goods, bads, hots and colds, and so forth, that are relative only to our mind and senses, perception of the nature of, uh, of being, the nature of existence. And we are at odds to one extent or another with others' minds. Hmm? And each, in each case, these are faulty or in- inconclusive readings as to the nature of, of existence. And in that little world, then we tend to look at a thing hmm, as if how it may be used for us in terms of what we think we are within the small world of our mind. 
I've often said that, that, that it's a very uncomfortable little world, the world of our mind, um, but we very much want everybody else to fit inside of it. We think it'll be more comfortable <laughs> if everybody else would just agree with us. Hmm? Um, but it's not because other people don't agree with us that it's uncomfortable. It's just uncomfortable. <laughs> and that's why a lot of people don't agree with us, because they can see that. <laughs> we can see the smallness of another's world of the mind, but in ours, we loom large, hmm? <laughs> although we're not. <laughs> and so we think it's much better than... But others can see, you know, it's it's not. And so... The idea that others should live inside of it is a very, very small idea. People will not cooperate with that. People will not agree with that. It, it's a, when we look at other people and things and so forth, the world of our mind, we tend to, like, as I say, see them in terms of how they may be utilized for that mentally conceived sense of self, which is such a fantasy. Hmm? And so the things are not... They're, 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 they're just brought into this fantasy world thereby. And their actual life, we, we, we take the life out of them. The mind is kind of like a vulture. You see them flying up high here sometimes. They're just flying around and all they're concentrating on is something dead. It's looking for something dead. So the mind like takes the life out of things. What it actually is, what is its full potential in relation to God... We don't see that. Hmm? That's why we say that the spiritual world is animate, fully animate, everything alive there. We talk about Vrindavan. The land is alive, the trees can move and so forth. And uh, all these, these are not just just uh, fanciful, poetic uh, ways of speaking. Uh, the implication is that when things are all uh, utilized fully, for that which with for that which they actually exist for the purpose of the uh, of their creator if you will their source hmm? then their full utilization is realized this means the whole world comes to life everything related to its consciousness source takes on uh, its uh, its 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 full utilization its real life just like we have to take a part from a, from this camera, for, and we put it on the floor. We may think, "What do we do with this thing?" You know, maybe we figure out something to do with a little little piece of metal or plastic. Uh, but when we connect it with the camera, oh, there yeah. it has so much more meaning and so forth. So um, the idea is to get beyond the mind and not um, cast things and see their their purpose and their utilization only in light of the small sense of self that I'm uh, living within in the world of my mind. Hmm? So to go beyond this, this is of course what uh, spiritual uh, practice is about. The sannyasas is, 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 is a practice. It's a... Uh, um, um, and an institution, as I say, and as an institution while Chaitanya Mahaprabhu took up the sannyas order, in the context of his leela, his mission was be, being formed, and so forth, and there was no official sannyas order that uh, came out of that. Hmm? 
It's prominent in the Gyan Marg, not as prominent in the Bhakti Marg, but as I said, there are some examples in different Sampradayas. But in modern time, in Gaudiya Vaishnavism, the great Bhakti Siddhanta Saraswati Thakur, the son and disciple of, uh, and heir to the, to the spiritual wealth, if you will, of Bhakti Vinod Thakur, who was the first uh, to really to interface uh, Gaudiya Vedanta, theistic Vedanta, with, with the modern world and so forth. We're all some of the fruits of, of that. So his disciple and son, Bhakti Siddhanta Saraswati Thakur, under his direction, the direction of Bhakti Vinod, started to form a, a kind of a, um, well, um, uh, an, an institutionalized Gaudiya Vaishnavism for the sake of its distribution, organize these, uh, these wonderful ideas of, of, of wise love and so forth, give them some shape. Um, Gaudiya Vaishnavism tends to be very individualistic in, in many respects. It's, it says, like, understand what you are in a basic sense, that you're the difference between, the difference between you and, and matter, and then go for it. Just fly as high as you can in the sky of your spiritual uh, prospect. Love Krishna in this way or this, another way, and, uh, and within some parameters of what constitutes actual love, and so forth. Um, so, this is a big attempt to kind of institutionalize it. Um, I like it, Chaitanya Mahaprabhu's dispensation to a great waterfall, like if you could imagine like Niagara Falls or something like that. You can only like stand back and in, in awe of that. But if we were to take and create out of that a lake, hmm, out of that water, then we kind of institutionalize that in the way that we can take advantage of it, we can enter into it, we can swim it, we can taste it, we can drink from it and so forth. And so the, there was a soft kind of institutionalizing of the ecstasy of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu in the form of the writing of the Goswamis that tried to explain what it was and give it a context and so forth in their, in their books, which are the seminal books and the canon, the bhakti canon, if you will, of, of Gaudiya Vaishnavism. Then as far as an institution based on those books, it wasn't until the time, well, until the 20th century in Bhakti Siddhanta Saraswati Thakur that he sought to in the direction of Bhakti Vinod, form an institution for outreach, going different places in a systematic way, and training the students in a, in, a, in a more systematic way. And in the context of that, he instituted a sannyas order. Hmm? And so this sannyas order that we um, represent and that we will be uh, accepting Babru um, uh, um, in, in, into... This is its, some of its, its history. Hmm? Um, and going back now, as I said, I would, um, I would like to talk about the sannyas of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu because by understanding the sannyas of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, we can understand something more about Gaudiya Vaishnavism and the Gaudiya theistic sannyas and how it differs from the monastic uh, Advaitin sannyas uh, significantly hmm? how the, 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 the giving up the sannyas is um, uh, framed positively hmm? more of a giving of oneself to Bhagawan and as I said earlier engaging all things um, in, his, in his service 
Chaitanya Mahaprabhu was a young man. I talked about sannyas being something that's typically entered into in the last phase of one's life, but uh, not entirely, that may not entirely be the case. There are many instances, or a number of instances, I should say, of young, young persons entering into the sannyas order. And uh, Bhakti Siddhanta Sarasthi Thakur had a number of young men and his sect that entered into the sannyas order. He, he called them, he coined a phrase for the printing press, he called it the big drum, the Brihat Murdanga, because you could take the, that which you would do kirtan about, the teachings, the leela, hmm, uh, and so forth, and put it into uh, book form and send it out further than the kirtan could be heard uh, you know, around the block. And uh, then with regard to his sannyasis, who are the principal distributors, if you will, of the message, uh, this is a dynamic idea of, of kirtan, he called them jivantamardanga, living drums. Hmm? So, <laughs> so uh, some of them were young men, but Chaitanya Mahaprabhu was quite young. He was a young man of uh, 24 years old. This is really, I mean, some of you are, are yet less than 24 years old here. Most of you have been 24 years old, and you know what that's like. And to think to make such a huge decision, uh, life-changing uh decision and, and that it requires generally such maturity of age and realization and so forth at 24 how, how is it how is it possible hmm? um, but you know some people are old for their age old souls and uh, 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 it's thought sometimes and so forth so uh, it does happen and Chaitanya Mahaprabhu in his in the context of his Leela at 24th we find him a change transformation. At this point he began to express himself, just prior to this, express himself as a devotee. Hmm? Previously he was not one of the Vaishnavas in Namadweep, and all of the Vaishnavas loved him, hmm? kind of. Everybody loved him. I would say the Vaishnavas loved him too, but at least the only, only the Vaishnavas overtly were upset with him. Everybody else liked him. Vaishnavas were upset with him because he was not a Vaishnava and that he was wasting his life in spite of how charming he was in his appearance and how knowledgeable he was uh, and so forth. So to their delight, of course, at a certain point in his Leela, he turned into a Vaishnava and he made knowledge look as insignificant as it was, hmm? giving way to devotion. Hmm? And, uh, and early on, in this Vaishnav life, there was a rumor going through Nadia hmm, that Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, well, not Nimai Pandit, he was called. Nimai Pandit. Nimai was a name given to him by Advaita's uh, consort Sita, uh, a name after the neem tree that he was born under, which was supposed to, you know, it's medicinal neem, and so it's supposed to also. Um, protect one from bad omens and ghosts and so forth like that. So to bless him and protect him in her vatsalya, her parental love, she gave him the name Nimai as a nickname and it stuck with him. His formal name was Vishwambar Mishra. Vishwambar means the maintainer of the universe. Hmm? Um, but he was named, nicknamed Nimai and he became very, very learned. And so the pundit title, Nimai Pandit. Hmm? So Nimai Pandit will take sannyas. Nimai Pandit will take sannyas. This was rumored, rippling through Nadia. By this time, as I say, 
Nimai Pandit had become a Vaishnava, so the Vaishnavas were very pleased with him. They got so much energy from his participation in their Namsan Kirtan and so forth. Um, and they were so much um, enthused by him and by his example. Indeed, so the measure of his devotion for Krishna was so extraordinary that they were caused at times to think, maybe he, he is Krishna. Hmm? The kind of devotion he has for Krishna, that is one with Krishna. Hmm? And it's very extraordinary. Uh, we don't find that kind of devotion surrounding Narayan. Hmm? This is called Prema Madhurya. We spoke about it last night to some extent. This kind of Prema Madhurya is not something we find in Vaikuntha. It's found only in, in Golok, only in relation to Krishna. Chaitanya Mahaprabhu was exhibiting this kind of Prema Madhurya, sentiments and so forth. And everyone was enthused by this, and as I say, sometimes caused to think, maybe, this is, who is he? Is he Krishna? And then they would think, if he, you know, if he was Krishna, where is his associates? And sometimes then they would get the flash, we are his associates. We are in another Leela. Hmm? This is Krishna. We are his associates. We are in another Leela. It's very extraordinary how this Leela happened, of course. We talked a little bit about it last night the failure of Krishna Leela that the Gaur Leela makes up for. Hmm? It's the shortcomings of Krishna Leela in terms of Krishna's pursuit of love and realizing he couldn't taste the full measure of it unless somehow he was able to take the position of Radha. That requires another Leela. This is the reverse out, reverse jacket I talked about. Hmm? Everything's turned around. But it's the same person, the same associates, the same Leela and a very extension of it for that matter. But it's, it's, it's turned around such a way that you have to look twice to recognize it. There is Krishna playing the flute, the supreme enjoyer. Hmm? And here's Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, ultimately, carrying the danda. I mean, it's a, it's, a, it's a staff of punishing one's mind, one's body, one's word. One carries it like this. And the idea is they're supposed to carry it for about ten years or so. When, at which time they're supposed to be, have been able to have chastised their mind, body, and words enough that they're under control and they're only being used in Krishna's service. Hmm? So it's an austerity to carry the danda. That's, people think, I'd, I'd like to get one of those sticks, you know. That's an austerity, especially in the airport. It's a big austerity for <laughs> these days. <clears throat> so... <laughs> uh, so... <laughs> uh, so anyway, Chaitanya Mahaprabhu was a youth. Um, when the news rippled through Nadia that he would take sannyas, this was a cause of great concern for all of his associates. They were in his leela. They were realizing sometimes, this is Krishna leela, we're his associates. Then they would lose sight of that. He, he entered in this leela, as I said, understanding the measure of Radha's love in the context of the Ras leela, which is the zenith of the of Krishna Leela. Hmm? And there he 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 had reason to and then thought of a way, in, if you will, in which he could uh, make up for the loss that his his Leela in, was in, was inherent in his Leela. So he so the Gore Leela this is the inception, the birth of, of Gore Leela. And he he's very risk risque at this point, uh, Krishna. He thinks I must taste the love of Radha. 
I must experience myself from her perspective. She's getting more out of it than I am. I must taste this. How can I do that? And he's doing it at great risk. What will happen to him? He's going to create another Leela. And in the context of the Leela, he has to become a sadhaka, a practitioner. The Gore Leela is Gore Bhumi, Gore Mandala Bhumi is this land, the circle of Gore's Leela, is Sadhana Siddha Bhumi. The Bhumi, the land where Siddhas are playing as sadhakas. All of Gore's associates, they're chanting, uh, rising early in the morning, taking baths, going for kirtan at the temples and so forth. They're all perfect souls. Hmm? They're all cowherds and, 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 and gopis hmm? in Krishna Leela. Now they're in a role in, in, in a drama of being sadhakas, of worshipping Krishna hmm? and the cowherds and gopis <laughs> and so forth. Huh? So Chaitanya Mahaprabhu is going to become, Krishna is going to become a sadhana, a sadhaka. There Krishna is playing the flute and Chaitanya Mahaprabhu is holding the danda. The danda means you're going to be fasting sometimes and, uh, and performing austerities and so forth, punishment, uh, self-punishment, if you will, kind of. Um, and Krishna is the supreme enjoyer. So I say you have to look closely at these leelas on their face. How can this be Krishna? <laughs> Krishna is the supreme enjoyer. Hmm? But we look carefully at Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, we find here is, here is the complete giver. Hmm? Wherever the complete giver is, the complete taker is, is also present there. Hmm? So he's there, and this is the way in which we find him, actually. Hmm? We find Krishna, we meet Krishna in the context of serving Krishna. Our goal is not to, to get Krishna, but to get service to Krishna. And of course, Krishna has gotten there, nowhere else. That's where he's found. Sometimes people say, Swami, have you seen Krishna? And we say, I don't know, I wasn't looking. I'm looking for serving Krishna, not just for seeing Krishna. So this Gaurlila is all about serving Krishna. It's all about love of Krishna. Hmm. Krishna has to be present there. Hmm. It's said that Krishna never leaves Vrindavan. But we see he goes to Mathura. He goes to Dwarka. Hmm. But he's more present in Vrindavan, in his apparent absence from Vrindavan, than he is present in his presence in Dwarka. Because the measure of the love hmm, that we find in Vrindavan does, is not equaled in Mathura, in Dwaraka. He's perfect in Dwaraka. He's more perfect in Mathura and most perfect in Vrindavan. This is from the vantage point of, of loving, hmm, how he's seen, how he's experienced. Hmm. So wherever he's loved the most is where he's the most present, even if it appears by appearance that he's not there, we should think twice. No, he's there. <laughs> like I said before, people don't believe in God, but do you believe in love of God? Hmm? We should bring this up to them, point them to the saints, even in different traditions, and say, how can you deny this person? You want to, you want to simply dismiss his experience? It's one thing if it's some kind of fanatic on the TV or something like that, um, evangelical fundamentalist or something like that, but what about the mystics? 
Hmm? These people, most people don't even know about them. Hmm? Or, well, anyway, what can you say about them? Hmm? Well, so they're not, uh, their position is not, <laughs> it's not very well heard. None of the, the, the debates between the, the theists and the atheists and so forth, hmm? these, um, uh, the mystic position is, is, is seldom, if ever, represented there. Hmm? This is this is where you know your scientific-based, uh, uh, if you will, uh, atheistic viewpoint and religion really meet. That's why I say science was born, modern science, uh, as a Christian, and then it became an agnostic. Now it's an atheist, largely, and if it's to survive and live on, it'll become a mystic in due course. Hmm? So. Where we find love of Krishna, wise love, and this kind of esoteric mysticism, we find Krishna there. So Krishna's there in Gaurila, hmm? fully there. Hmm? This is his own Leela. You have to look closely, you see, and his face looks like, well, he, one guy's playing a flute, one, one guy's got a shaved head, one guy's got long hair, one guy's holding the dunda, one guy's dancing, the other one is, you know, performing austerities, some dancing too. <laughs> but, oh, they're the same. Hmm? They're the same. If we look closely at Krishna, we look real, a little closer, we see, oh, there's somebody else there. First we see one, then we see there's two. Radha Krishna. Look more closely, we say. This is Chaitanya Vaishnavism. Look more closely. Radha Krishna Pranay. Look closer again. First you see one. Look again. Radha Krishna Pranay. Love of Krishna is being transformed. Radha is appearing. There's two. Look closely. There's one. The two again become one as Sri Chaitanya. And then the distribution of this is, is made possible. This is very extraordinary. So, the Gore, in the Gore Leela, hmm, all these associates of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu—they all—they don't—they don't know that they're cowherds and gopis. They get a flash of that sometimes, but the Leela is a Leela of sadhana. Hmm? They're all siddhas playing as sadhakas, and they play the role so well. You see that they don't. That's the perfection of the acting, right? You actually start to, you 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 know, you you take on an actor's persona, and maybe it's a diseased person, and then you start getting diseased. That means you've really you know entered into your part, your role, and so forth. So they all caught up in this uh, leela of, of sadhana. Chaitanya Mahaprabhu himself as well. Then he enters, he gets a flash, he enters into Krishna Leela, sees himself as Krishna, shows his devotees who they are and so forth. Then the curtain comes and closes and back to their, 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 their sadhakas and so forth. Hmm? Very extraordinary. So all these associates of Chaitanya, they're so happy. Chaitanya, Nimai Pandit has become a Vaishnava. Nimai Pandit has become a Vaishnava. And happily with him forever, they think, we will just chant and go to the temple. Hmm? Chant in the morning, we'll rise, we'll chant, we'll go to the house of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. Hmm? He will take bath in the Ganga and we'll, we'll go with him. We return to the house and Vishnu Priya will have cooked breakfast. 
We'll sit and Gadadhar Pandit will recite the Bhagavatam. Hmm? Hmm? Chaitanya Mahaprabhu will make the offering to the, to the Vishnu Shalagram. Hmm? And then we'll all take prasad. Hari Hari Bol. Hmm? And madness. Then, then, then take a little rest and out we go. Hmm? Through the villages and, and the countryside, along the bank of the Ganga. What will our pastime be? Hari Kirtan. Hmm? We'll chant Hare Krishna in Kirtan and go for, we'll go to the house of this devotee and that devotee, we'll stop there, have some discussion of Krishna Kata. Hmm? And midday then we'll on the other side of the Gong we'll go to a secret place. They'll perform sp- sports in the water in the Ganga. Hmm? Hmm? Due course of time as the as the sun starts to set it's a little cooler. It starts to cool a bit. We head back into town in Sankirtan, and coming through the town in Sankirtan, in Nadia, rather than the villages where they were going early in the morning, coming into the town of Nadia itself, Gaur Nityananda leading the Kirtan, hmm? with all their close associates, they go into every house, just like Krishna would expand and go with every gopi during the Rasa dance. They enter into every single house in Nadia, come in and take a little prasad something. Everyone has the experience. And then they come across the Ganga with a herd of cows in front swimming across. They come across behind them. What a scene this is. Entering <laughs> entering back into Mayapur, the home of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. Quickly go to their own homes. Hmm? Dress up for the evening. Hmm? Put on your best dhoti and sari and whatever. And, off to the house of Srivas Thakur to perform kirtan into the night. Hmm? And how long does it go? All night long. Hmm? Just a little time, Mahaprabhu comes back, take a little rest, only wake up and start the day again. Hmm? And they think, this is, this, is, this is perfection for us. Hmm? This is our perfection. This is where we want to enter. Hmm? Into Nadia, into the life of Nimai Pandit with his associates, doing kirtan with Nimai Pandit. This is not a Aishvarya name. This is, a Nimai Pandit means he's our friend, he's one of us. Hmm? We'll go with him and perform kirtan for Krishna. Hmm? Although he's actually Krishna. <laughs> huh? And then, you imagine how happy this life is. And then, there is an ominous rumor circulating about the town. They will upset the whole of the Leela. What is that? Hmm? Nimai Pandit is going to take sannyas. Nimai Pandit is going to take sannyas. This rumor starts to circulate. And the hearts of every devotee are just, they lose a beat. Nimai Pandit, take sannyas. Sannyas will mean he have to give up his mother's home, Sachi. The place where we're going, hearing Bhagavatam every day, the cooking of Vishnu Priya. Hmm? He'll have to leave Nadia. The sannyasi can't stay at home. Hmm? He becomes a world person. He's our person. He's one of us. Hmm? In the little place of Nadia, that's so big, so big with affection, huge. Hmm? He's going to do the small thing of taking sannyas, that narrow thing. Hmm? As I said, from the Gaudi perspective, 
it becomes, it's an exoteric thing. Esoteric life in Nadia, he's leaving that esoteric life to some extent. That rasa of Nadia, that madurdya, sweetness for some Aishvarya, what a small thing. Vaikuntha is a small place compared to Goloka, the cowshed, the Gokul. Vaikuntha is a small place. How you can say that? Vrindavan is measured by how many? 34, 84 kroshas, whatever a krosha is, I forget. But and, and there's never any, you never hear in a scripture any measurement of Vaikuntha. Vaikuntha is the the Aishwarya, the place where God is manifest with four arms. He's God sitting on a throne and so forth. Hmm? And he has a face, by the way. <laughs> and it's very beautiful. Hmm? You never hear anything in the scripture, Vaikuntha is this many miles by that many miles and so forth. But we hear about Vrindavan and Navadvip, which is Gupta Vrindavan, the hidden Vrindavan, as I'm saying, the reversed out Vrindavan. Same, but... A little different, but the same. The same bhavas are there. Same ecstasy. Hmm? This place is 84 kroshas. And we're told, do not think that the Dom is a geographical area. Still, it, we, we say, when it's only this big around. This is for Leela. Hmm? It's actually bigger than Baikuntha. How is it bigger? Because there's more affection there. That was make it, what, what makes a place big and accommodating. You'd go stand in the Sahara Desert, you know, and he's like, there's a big place. We said, we'll give you the whole desert, Prabhu, as your place. You can have it to yourself. Hmm? Wow, I got some room, you know. But after a while, you, you want to like a little bit of somebody to reciprocate with, a little human contact, something like that. And by contrast, as I've many times said, you know, if the whole world is burning down, but you, you're with the one you love under a rock, everything's okay. You, you can live in the the hollow of a tree, only. If we have affection there, it becomes big. Chaitanya Mahabhu in Puri, hmm, where he went, hmm, you see, he had to leave Nadia to take sannyas. He had to leave the home. He had to go towards Aishvarya. This sannyas, this Aishvarya, he would manifest ecstasies in his sannyas lila that didn't allow his devotees to get close to him. Fall on the ground, perspiring blood, hair standing on end, the teeth coming out and chattering hmm? and going back in, his limbs extending at the joints. He experienced all these things are all recorded. Hmm? The people had to step back and say, oh my God, this sannyas, you see, I'm sitting up here, you're sitting down there. This is Aishvarya. Hmm? Some... You know, some reverence is there. This little distance has been created. Hmm? Sannyas is creating some distance. He's going just like Krishna. Leaving Vrindavan, he goes to Mathura. Hmm? And to Dwarka. There he establishes Dharma, teaches the Bhagavad Gita, and all these things. For us, it's wonderful. But how do the inhabitants of Vrindavan think about it? What do they think about that? Hmm? So, Nadia, the rumors... He might bond it will take sannyas. Everyone's heart stops. What? What will become of us? Hmm? Before that, at the time of entering the Leela, the manifestation of Gaur Leela, when Krishna thinks, I have to taste love, it's a risky thing that he does. 
And it means Swayam Bhagavan is going to check out. What's going to become of the world? In the Gita, Krishna says, if I don't set the standard of conduct, what will become of the world? Everything will, be run to, will go to ruin. Gaurlila means Krishna is checking out. He's just forgetting the Bhagavad Gita. Forget that. I can't. I've got to taste love. That's all I know. I'm going to go there. What will, what will Mahavishnu say? Wait a minute. <laughs> you know, how is it all going to work here? Hmm? Chaitanya Mahaprabhu becomes a sadhaka. Krishna becomes a sadhaka. Hmm? And now the sadhaka, and, and so then now the sadhakas are going to become a sannyasi. And all of Nadia's, what will become of us? It's whispering around the town, and it goes into the ear of Sachi, his mother, into the ear of Vishnupriya. And Vishnupriya Devi confronts him at night. Is it true that you will take sannyas? He said, Devi, in this Leela, we've come to cry only. Hmm. Only to cry. For all the jivas. Chaktva sudus chadusurepsataraj lakshmi dhanmishtari vachasaragadaranya. Mayam rigam taita ipsitaman badhavad mande mahapurushate charanaradandam. The Bhagavatam speaks of him like this. He will give up the goddess of fortune, Vishnupriya, Lakshmi. Hmm? He will enter the forest, so it means he will take sannyas, mayam rigam daita ipsitam, to give kripa, mercy, to the souls bewildered by maya and kali yuga. Hmm? He Devi, he's speaking to her. Now Devi means Vishnu Priya. Vishnu Priya, Gaur Vishnu Priya. These two are worshipped in Vaidhi Bhakti, not in, in, in the same way in Rag Bhakti. We worship Gaur Gadadhar, for example. So he's speaking with Devi about his Leela, but about the outside of his Leela, which is the distribution of, of Prem, the exoteric aspect of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu's Leela is distribution of the of the of 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 of, of, of Rag Bhakti, which is so esoteric. That's the ex exoteric. Uh, side of his appearance, the inner side of his, his pursuit of the tasting of Radha's love and so forth. So he, sa he says to David with regard to the outside, we're here to do the Yuga Dharma and, and, to, and I'm especially going to give, give praying to everybody, Ragmarg and so forth. So we have to be separated on account of that. Hmm? Vishnu Priya took, took, it, took, took it seriously. It said that she used to sit and chant hmm? The names of God, and with every uh, round on her mala that she chanted, she would take one grain of rice, move it from a sack, and put it in a pile. Hmm? And she would chant, and as long as she chanted, then she would count the rice, and then however many grains of rice were left uh, in, the, in this pile, that she would cook with that and eat, and then chant again, hmm? in separation from Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. Honoring his request to give mercy to us. So we like this sannyas lila, but in Nadia they don't like it. Hmm? And that's where we want to go. It's very complex. We like something that they don't like. At the same time, that is the vehicle by which we may learn how to enter there. Hmm? Hmm? 
They don't like the Chaitanya Mahaprabhu leaving. His sannyas is about that. So the rumor went, and he told Vishnu Priya, yes, I will go. And once he told her, then he said, that night I will go. Three in the morning, Chaitanya Mahaprabhu woke while Nadi was sleeping. Hmm? Three in the morning, and he swam across the Ganges. He walked out, and his mother had stayed up the whole night. And she stood there like a statue at the door. It's at the side of the door, and he just walked past her. Again, this is inconceivable. Hmm? But it was the measure of her love. And for us, he's, he's, he's doing this. Hmm? And he swam across the Ganges to go to the ashram of Keshul Bharati in a distant place, in Katwa. Hmm? And Nityananda Prabhu, who had who'd known about it then, he gathered there, other devotees, he took other devotees there, they gathered and so forth. What a scene. The Chaitanya Mahaprabhu will take sannyas. So they went with him as far as they could. And the drama of the whole affair, uh, the barber was, who was to cut his hair and so forth, was, the, was not uh, a popular person, in the, in neither in case of Bharati, the sannyas guru and so forth. Hmm? But he's Bhagwan. He's independent now. He's starting to manifest himself as Bhagwan. He's showing his his opulence. He would live the life of a sannyasi as a twenty-four-year-old boy, that made fifty and sixty-year-old sannyasi men frightened by the measure of his renunciation. Renunciation is one of the six Aishvaryas opulences. Hmm? He had it. He showed such degree of this. Like I say, that older. Staunch sannyasis were intimidated by his, his sannyas. Hmm? No one could be as strict of a sannyasi as, as Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. Hmm? So this, this, is, this is likened to, it's analogous to Krishna's leaving Vrindavan to kill Kamsa in Mathura hmm? and go on to Dwarka. Dwarka is the Puri. Puri, yeah, Dwarka is, uh, Jagannath Puri is the Dwarka of Gaurlila. Hmm? So he went to Katwa, like Mathura, he got his hair cut. Hmm? Then he was about to take sannyas from Keshavarti, and so it said that he had a dream, what would be the sannyas mantra that he would receive? Tattvamasi. And it's thought to mean, in the Nueta uh, lineage, you are that. Hmm? So he didn't like that very much. He asked to maybe um, Murari Gupta. He said, this is, I think, is the mantra he'll give me, Tattvamasi, and I'm not liking that very much. You are that. It means you, that is Brahman. You are Brahman. The Upanishads speak like this. They want to say to us, like I said earlier, if you want to enter the sun, you have to be luminous yourself. You have to be a body of light. Hmm? So the Upanishads tell us, if there's anything in this world that most resembles God, it's you. Nothing else resembles God because nothing else is consciousness. You are consciousness, so you resemble God. Hmm? So if you want to think about God and what God's like, I say you're, you're like God, so you are that. You're God. It's a beginning way of thinking about it. You are that. Hmm? It's like if you're in a cave and you see light coming in, the sunlight coming in for the first time. How do you understand that? You try to explain to somebody... Uh, what is the sun? Hmm? If they go outside and see the sun is vegetation, it's all kind of things. It's life. Hmm? 
It's much more than just a, just a ray of light coming in. That's the sun, we say. Oh, that's the sun. He goes, okay, that's the sun. It dissipates darkness. It's pretty neat. But all that the sun is, that's another thing. So the Upanishads sometimes in the beginning, some of the, some of the, some of the, some of the, um, um, I say, um, kindergarten Upanishads, rather than the PhD Upanishads like the Gopal Tapani we talked, spoke, spoke from last night, they say you are God, hmm? something like this. this. Is the idea behind it? Hmm? So Tattvamasi, Shankar, for example, and his sannyas order and all, they took this as the Mahavakya, the most important sound of the of the Upanishads. You are that. You are that. Hmm? And as I said earlier in last night's talk, the Vaishnavas have a way of seeing the non-Vaishnav Upanishads in a Vaishnav perspective. I've explained it in one way, but Chaitanya Mahaprabhu wanted to take it further. Hmm? So we can say, you are that. Yeah, that's a provisional statement. You are that. Yeah, you are God. But we'll go further, you're not God either. Otherwise, why are you in this position of illusion in the first place? And, and so on and so forth. Um, so you're one with God, but in a dynamic unity of love, wherein your individuality is not extinguished, and so on and so forth. But, as I say, Chaitanya Mahaprabhu wanted to turn the whole Mahabhakya, so-called, of, uh, of, of, of the Shankar Sampradaya into a Vaishnav mantra. So he needed help from Rari Gupta. Rari Gupta was a classmate of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. And before Mahaprabhu became a Vaishnav, so to speak, or manifested his Vaishnav Leela, he would always argue with Murari Gupta and defeat him, and Murari was very frustrated by that. Hmm? Now, as a Vaishnav, he took Murari's counsel. Hmm? He said, how can I deal with this mantra, Tattvamasi, that he's going to give me? And Murari told him, think of it like this. You are his. And it, it can be translated in better, for that matter, in this way. You are his. His, you are. Thou art thine. Hmm? Tattvamasi. Mahaprasarya, that's very nice. I am his. I like that. Hmm? So then, when it came time for Kesha Bharti to give him the mantra, Mahaprabhu said, I think this is the mantra you'll give me. Is that correct? Tattvamasi. And he, from behind that, he had the Vaishnava conception. You are, thou art thine. And Kesha Bharti went, yes, that's the mantra I'm going to give you. And that's the real meaning. This is the significance of that. Hmm. He took him to new heights, so to speak. And uh, so then he then, having been initiated himself by Chaitanya Mahaprabhu into the Vaishnava meaning of the mantra, then Keshav Bharti gave the sannyas mantra to Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. This is the sannyas of Sri Chaitanya Dev. From there he went, of course, on to Jagannath Puri at the request of his mother, and, and uh, he conducted himself as a perfect... Vaishnav sannyasi, ultimately culminating his sannyas lila in his retirement into the Gambira, that small uh, stone room where he experienced uh, the separation of, uh, of Radha from Krishna. And from there, this we enter. If we can go there with him, from there we enter into Navadweep, hmm? into the kirtan lila there and so forth. This is our ideal. Hmm? So again, he came out of the of the Navadvipa Lila and manifested the opulence of the sannyasas so to teach us the way how to enter into the sweetness, the madhurya of the life in connection with Nimai Pandit. Now, 
we are giving the sannyas today, and we are not giving the tattvamasi mantra, neither with its monistic meaning, neither with its Vaishnav meaning. Shaitanya Mahaprabhu took this mantra, Thou art uh, thine. It means, you know, I, I belong to Krishna. Hmm? Krishna or Krishna is mine. Hmm? Hmm? Um, but that is appropriate for Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. He is in the disposition of Radha, trying to experience her, her, trying to experience the disposition of Radha and thereby her love for Krishna. Hmm? So for him to say, in the mood of Radha, I am Krishna's is one thing. But in Gaudi Vaishnavism, we have a different idea. Hmm? Because we are not Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. Hmm? And we want to enter into bhakti. Hmm? So we want to say, I am hers. Bhakti Devi. Hmm? Rather than I am Krishna. He can say I am Krishna's because he's in the mood of Radha. Hmm? We want to enter into the service of Radha. We want to enter into the service of Bhakti Devi. Hmm? So uh, the, the Sannyas mantra is then it, it is is kind of reversed out for us. Hmm? We are hers. Hmm? It's uh, Madhuryaras mantra, and all that's included within that, of course, it can also be taken. And it's given in slightly different, nuanced ways. It can be also taken to mean uh, that we are. I am servant of the Brajbasis, um, which means to be a servant of Radha also, but more more characteristically, it's for entering into Radha Dasyam, as a handmaiden of Radha. But we know there are different sentiments in Gaudiya Vaishnavism. Sakyaras is also prominent, so uh, this mantra has a place for that, either by way of speaking about the Madhurya aspect of this kind of Sakyarasa, the Priyanarma Sakha. Hmm? It has a, a Madhurya component. Hmm? Uh, or by way of um, it's given uh, uh, it's, uh, hmm, I don't want to say the mantra, but <laughs> sometimes the word is where it's a Gopi Bhava or Gopi Jana Bhava. No, Gopi Jana can also mean in a more broad way it can mean gopis, and that's it's the primary meaning, but it can also mean gopi people. So, to enter into the bhava of the gopi people, we talked about this in terms of sambandha rupa bhakti, in you know, Purnim. So, um, we find that sometimes to some people the acharyas have given it in that way. And um, so, in either case, the point is. It's uh, it's kind of a, a reverse out of how Chaitanya Mahaprabhu took it. I am Krishna's. We're saying we're the we're a Brajbasi. I'm I'm a servant of Radha, servant of the Brajbasis. I want. I'm aspiring for the bhava of 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 of, of such persons. This is rag bhakti. In rag bhakti, again, love is the ideal. We follow the lover of Krishna, not Krishna. Hmm. We follow the lover. The love of Krishna is given precedence over Krishna. And of course the two are really one and different at the same time. So, hmm? something anyway, history of sannyas and uh, something about its inner
significance. And uh, with that, then we'll begin some the, 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 the actual ritual involved here in giving the sannyas.